Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. That, uh, I-, I believe that God's given me a word, uh, and I truly do feel this, that today after today, something's going to shift. Today, we're, we're going to, I know Pastor Sai has been killing it on this series, um, but I'm going to add a little bit of a different perspective on, on maybe why you feel like you're in the fire. Uh, again, I just want to say it's, it's a complete honor to be able to be up on this platform to minister the word today. Uh, I know it's a re- great responsibility and uh, I pray it goes well today. But I want to recap a little bit. Thank you so much, worship team. Come on, they're, they're amazing. They've been crushing it during this whole pandemic through our devos and midweeks and Sunday services. Uh, but we've been on this journey based out of Ecclesiastes 3 on this sermon series called Seasons. Pastor Josiah Uh, He's been on this past few weeks. uh, We started out with one week and he's like, I'm gonna go part two. Then I'm gonna go part three. I'm not continuing part four today. I'm gonna leave that for him. But I I wanna recap a little bit to catch us up to where I'm gonna be focusing on my time today. And uh, the first first one he messages is, is this, God is willing and God is able. Come on, God is willing and God is able. The second, second part of it, we learned to add some perseverance to our faith but also that we're not going to allow us to rename the season who God says that he is. What does that mean? We're not going to call this season disparity when God says this is development. We're not going to call this season fear when God says it's something else. And last week, man, he tore this one up last week. We're not avoiding the fire known as 2020. Come on, we're not going to avoid what God wants to do in us this year. And I love the way he put this, that we're, we're already in the fire but most often miracles take place in the fire. But the, 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 one of the great things that he pointed out last week is that when you're in the fire, limitations come off. Come on, you, do you believe that today? That you being in, in the season that we're in, that limitations are coming up, but also miracles are taking place right now in this season for us. God is gonna use this season to refine us. He's gonna use this season to develop us. The, the youth, again, I'm, I'm the student young adult pastor. They got this phrase they like to say, and uh, playing off of the fire series, right? Whenever there's smoke, there's, there's create some smoke in the air. But there's this thing that they like to say that whenever there's a challenge that arise, they say, I want the smoke. So I came to serve notice to the devil today that although you may have thought that the fire was here to defeat us, devil, we want all the smoke. We're coming today after all the things that God has promised us for 2020. Devil, you may have thought that God was going to leave us in the fire. You may have discouraged us just a little bit. Oh, come on. Who am I talking to online today? You may have thought that my God was going to be forsaken, but devil, my God is still provider. My God is still healer. And my God is still who he says that he is. Hey, I'm so excited to be able to minister today. Again, I'm coming full throttle for all that God has uh, uh, prepared in this message. But in all honesty, here's what I know, is that our world right now is in some very interesting times. It it, it started off with a pandemic and just kept turning from there, from racial injustices. and, And there's so much stuff that's taking place that right now our world is, is just, there's a fire in so many different areas of our lives. 
Maybe it's financial, maybe it's marital, maybe it's through your family or it's relational, it's job related, or it's maybe you're in a fire that just God's just developing your faith. But here's what I know is that there is a sound that is being released, that there is a sound, a groaning that is taking place. This groaning and this cry is coming from a people who are desperate. It's coming from a people who are just beginning to be so overwhelmed that they're looking for something, someone to bring revelation on what that might be. In the scriptures we're about to read, Paul introduces us to this concept. That there is a groaning that is taking place, a sound that is being made. But this groaning, again, is because there is something that this sound is making, is desperately waiting for. We're going to look today in Romans chapter 8, and uh, we're going to gain some perspective out of uh, what Paul here is talking about in verses 18 through 25. Uh, there's a message outline. They, they should have already put the link up there. It's the, the outline to the message and the verses that I'm going to be given today. But Paul writes this in Romans chapter 8. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Come on, Paul, what do you mean? For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Come on, there are things that are waiting for us to be revealed on. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself would be liberated from its bondage from decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Paul, what are you saying? We're going to break that down in just a little bit. We know that the whole creation has been growing as, as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present point. I want to draw your attention to the illustration that Paul has given. Come on, those of you who, who you, you got kids, you know what that, that pain feels like. You know what that sound is like, husbands. You know what that sound is like. We know that the whole creation has been grown, and not only so, but our, we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait with eager for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. Today I want to minister a message I've titled, A Season for revealing, a season for revealing, because I believe that God is revealing things inside of us that is going to set us up for the greatest comeback that we've ever had. Come on, would you pray with me? Father, first and foremost, Lord, I ask that you would just take over the, this message right now. Father, I pray for everyone who finds themselves, Lord, in a financial hardship, anyone, Lord, who finds themselves in a season that may feel like their hardship or suffering, God, you would, you would help us have an alignment in our perspective today. Jesus, we need you. We thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, again, uh, it's so good to be on with you all. I want to welcome all of you who are tuning on with us. Maybe it's your first time. Hey, we're so glad that you're, you logged on with us today. A little bit about myself, though, is uh, I'm about to be 29 uh, this month. And um, this is the first pandemic that I've really kind of been in. Uh, growing up, you know, we, we, people my age, we didn't really experience what the LA riots were like. Those who were born in the 90s, we, we, we knew of them, but we didn't really firsthand experience them. So there's a lot of things that are going on in this pandemic that, that is triggering things from 
me just having a concept of like the 2008 financial fallout of the marketplace. But see, growing up, uh, I, I want to correlate this in the passage we just read. But growing up, you see, we went to church as a family. Uh, we were raised Catholic. And I know I did all my testaments, but see, I really didn't have a concept for who God really was. I just know that I had to do the sacraments, wake up on Saturday mornings, I go to catechism school, go to my grandma's, eat some cream of wheat. It was really good back then. And then we go on about our days. That's, that's really the concept of what I knew what religion was, what faith was. But see, once I, once I completed that, I, I just lost interest in church. There were some things that went on in my family that, that, I, that I began to ask God, why, why, why did this happen, Lord? Why did all this have to take place within my family? And it, and it caused a great deal of hurt that I just eventually gave up on my faith. I walked away from God. And I, I, I can't really say that I had much of faith because it just didn't really make sense growing up. I wanted like nothing to do with God. Like, like, well, I never once planned to be a pastor. I wanted to do absolutely nothing with church. You can ask my family, they would tell you I was like the most against it. But there was something in my life that was crying out that I didn't know what it was. When I would turn to alcohol, when I would turn to provocative, when I would turn to partying, when I would turn to these things that the world tells you AIDS, the cry got louder. I began to realize that something inside of me was groaning, what was beginning to make a murmur, but I couldn't find what it was. And it wasn't until after I went to church and came back to God when I was around 22 that I began to realize that the groaning that was taking place within me was a cry and desperation in need of a savior. But now also being on the side of being saved is I realize there is another groaning that is taking place. There is another groaning that, that, that seems to be taking place now. The groaning and cries of people who are lost now. See, in the scriptures we just read, Paul's writing this letter to the Roman church. And there's dispersion because there's persecution that's taking place with the, the believers here in Rome. So Jesus has already come. He's already died. People already knew who he was. He did all the miracles here on earth. He died. He rose again, came back and was like, I defeated death. Come on, where are you at? But then he ascended already and he, and he sent his Holy Spirit. And, and Paul is, is, is now writing this letter and he's catching up the believers on the context of who the nation of Israel was throughout the course of history to lead to the Messiah. And up until this point, Paul's touched a lot on, on God's mercy. He's touched on his wrath. He's touched on his, his justification. But that because of one man named Adam who brought sin into the world, that through another man named Jesus brought salvation. And through this, this, this course of this, of this letter, we come up to this point here in now chapter 8, where Paul is informing the believers that believers, what you're facing has a purpose. Come on, what you're facing has a purpose. Did you know that what you're facing today, God has a, a plan and a purpose for it? Come on, you think that all we're going through is just for nothing? Maybe, let me break it down like this. If, if, if maybe, just maybe, you think that the hardships you're experiencing right now in your life is just life out to get you, then I question and want to pose this challenge is maybe you don't know what God has called you to. The hardships that we're facing cannot just be 
because the world is set up like that. The hardships that we're facing cannot just be, well, you know what? I, someone's just out to get me. But today my assignment is to help us shift our perspective to see is that the hardships that Paul is talking about here is actually a glory that's to be revealed later. You see, why would Paul make light of his present sufferings? And in case you don't know who Paul was, he was beaten, thrown in jail, tried, persecuted, flogged, whipped, lashed, beaten, flogged. Did I say beaten? Because he was beaten again. But yet he writes and pens this and he says, hey, for I consider that the present sufferings are far greater than the glory of what's to come. They can't even compare. And it's like, Paul, what are you saying? Don't you know that we're in 2020, Paul, that there's a global pandemic amongst other epidemics, amongst other pandemics that are taking place, Paul? My marriage is in hardship, Paul. What are you talking about you can't compare? My family is struggling. My finances are in turmoil. Things that are going on, Paul. My kids, don't even get me started on my kids, Paul. How can you not compare what I am going through? You see, prior to being saved, so I thought this was just life. Well, you know, I have no context. This is just how life is supposed to be. But when I got saved, I thought I wouldn't face any more hardships. Come on, can I get an amen in the chat? I thought, well, I'll give my life to Jesus and everything should go away, right? But see, when I started to mature a little bit more in my walk, when I started to find out, man, why are things now coming, feeling like they're coming against me more? When I started to mature, I started to learn that you just don't go through, go through things just to go through them. You go through things to grow through them. Come on, are you hearing me today? You see, when you can gain an understanding for what God wants to do in your life, hardships become an opportunity. I'm gonna say it again. When you can gain an understanding for what God wants to do in your life, hardships then become an opportunity. So let me rephrase this question as I start off. What opportunities are you currently facing today? How can you call my marriage an opportunity? Come on, God wants to do something in your marriage. How can you call the financial market and me having job loss? Come on, God is still your provider. He wants to do something in your life. I'm gonna get into my first point because it's gonna help us build on to where we're headed from here. But point number one is this is the point that we have to gain an understanding on is this, is God can use this season to develop you because he wants to prepare you for your next season. God can use this season to develop you, to prepare you for your next season. And I, I use the word can because it's a, our choice. It's our choice if you want to be developed right now in this season or not. It hurts, I know. We're all in this together, remember? But see, can I tell you why though? We need to gain this, this perspective of being developed in this season is because there is a groaning and there is a cry that is calling out right now that might just be closer than you think. I know there's a lot that the world is going on right now. I know that there's things right now in this world that just seems like, man, it's just so overwhelming. But what if I told you that the groanings that you're hearing are actually closer than you think? And it's about to get good right now. Let's break this down, verse 19, a little bit more. Paul says, For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Do you know that 2020, 2021 is waiting for who you really are? 
Do you know that there are things right now that are waiting for you to be developed in this season? That there, there are things that, that creation, the word that Paul uses right here in this account in creation in the Greek is that anything within the cosmos, meaning anything here on earth, whether it's a person, a thing, an organization, whatever it may be is waiting for you. Waiting for you for what? It's waiting for you to gain an understanding of who you really are. Paul's writing this and he's saying these glory the glory that's to come, see, that's the suffering is required. It's a part of it. Why do we need to be developed in this season? Because creation is waiting for us to know who we are. Come on, say it with me now. My hardship is an opportunity. Paul presents this. He says, suffering doesn't compare to what's to come. It doesn't compare to what's to come. And he goes on in verse 20. He says, for the creation was subjected to frustration, meaning that the, that Everything is waiting and, ten, and hinge upon the believers gaining an understanding of who they are. And the one who fringed this is God himself. Paul's saying that, that, that the world will not be in its right form unless believers lead the way. Do I have some believers who are online today who are saying, I'm willing to lead the way. But he says in 21 that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. I understand it's difficult. I understand that you feel, maybe you feel like throwing in the towel. I understand it's, it's been a hard year. It's been a fight. Maybe you're tired. I understand that you may be the only one that's actually doing it. But see, today, I came to help you get your fight back today. I came to help you get that, 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 that oomph back in your spirit because there are certain things that will remain because they don't know who you are yet. There are certain organizations that have yet to be developed because you haven't been developed into who God needs you to be. There are certain businesses that have yet to be started up because it's still a vision in your heart. There are certain people that have yet to be discipled because they're waiting for you to disciple them. This is why in this season, we got to look at it and be, okay, if I'm in the fire, then I need to be developed in this fire. So let me ask this question. What's waiting on you? What thing is out there that God is saying, you keep praying for an answer, but I created you. So Paul writes in verse 22, he says, all creation is groaning as in the pains of a childbirth. Let's, let's really focus on that, that analogy that Paul gives us. This is not just a groaning like, ah, oh, hit something in my back. Oh, man. Uh, about to turn 29, I'm starting to feel it in my joints. I thought they were lying to me when they told me, wait till you get older. It's, it's not like you just stubbed your toe and it's like, oh, this groaning looks like the cries of people protesting because of racial injustices. This groaning looks like people wanting to see child trafficking come to an end. This groaning looks like the cries and disparity of people who are just tired of being lied to. See, I mentioned earlier that there are a lot of groaning sounds that are taking place right now within our world. Here's what the enemy is really good at. Is he'll get you so caught up and so focused on the wrong sound. Oh, I'm going to break it down today. <laughs> He'll say, yeah, focus on that groaning over there. Because if you focus on that groaning over there, 
I don't got to worry about what God wants to have you focus on in the groaning over here. Meaning, you'll miss your development season. But if I can get you to hear the cries and disparity of social media, uh-oh. If I can get you to just post a little bit of a political campaign party because your views are right, uh-oh. Then I don't got to worry about you being developed. But I'm coming here today to remind some of us that may you not be fooled by the enemy, but may you hear the groaning that God is calling your ear to. For all creation right now is growing in eager expectation. There are certain things that God wants to take care of in this season. And I'm here today to tell you that there are certain things, certain groanings, certain hardships that you may be facing whether it's marital, whether it's with your family and your kids, whether it's an offense that's taken place years past that God wants to work on in this season. There are certain things that God wants to take care of in this season. Come on, someone say a season of revealing. See, I know what it's like to feel like you're constantly in the fight. I know what it's like to feel like you're trying to overcome stuff. Last week, Pastor Siah said, you know, that, that King Nebuchadnezzar ordered them to, to turn up the fire seven times hotter. You see, last year, I thought my wife and I were already in the fire. <laughs> Turns out 2021 was the order to turn it up seven times higher. But this is why I'm coming today. I'm saying, devil, if you thought you could take me out in, 20, in 2019, if you thought that you were going to have me trip up in 2020, I came to remind someone today that there's a fourth in the fire with you. I came to let somebody know who's tuning in online that that's just about to throw in the towel. There's another in the fire with you. There comes a point in your walk, in this walk with God, that you begin to realize it's not just about you anymore. There have been numerous times throughout this pandemic where I've had to remind myself of this. That the things that I'm going through personally is not just about me anymore. That the things that my wife and I are facing is not just about us anymore. That the things that we're up against is not simply just because. See, prior to being saved, I would have thought that. Well, it's just, you know, babe, I guess the world is against us. You know, the way the stars are aligned today, we're going to have a bad day. Don't read your horoscope. Come on. The things that, that, that we're facing may just feel like the world is out for us. But can I tell you, for those of us who are saved, for those of us, when you gave your life to Jesus, see, I began to have this understanding that the hardships that I faced were linked to the groans from creation. <laughs> that the things that I went through are to begin to help people through their journey. That the things that I, that I journeyed through myself are to begin to help those who are going through their own journey. I'm wondering if there's anyone online today who's going through something because there's a cry and a groan for someone that needs you. Come on, are you following what I'm saying today? See, being the student young adult pastor, I really feel like my, my assignment today is to one, to help us see that the current sufferings and hardships that we're facing is to lead to something else, but two, there's a groaning that is taking place that needs immediate attention on. That's the groaning of Gen Z. Again, I mentioned I'm about, about to be 29, so I, I missed that 
Gen Z is anywhere between the ages from six to about 25 years old, which means some of you have them right sitting next to you right now. <laughs> but here's why I, I come to really focus our attention on this groaning. It's because I'm really trying to shift your perspective to see that the fight is no longer just about you. I'm really trying to get you to see that the fire that you may be feeling in, I'm sorry, it's not just about you anymore. See, every generation groans look, looks different. Millennial generation groan was, was completely different. It was a cry for, for socialism. It was a cry to be in community. But Gen Z's cry, my gosh, it's so far different. Gen Z is often plagued with these lucrative adjectives of being lazy, <laughs> lacking motivation, being uninterested in things, being the social media gurus. But see, it's, I come to tell you today that it's actually so far from the truth. And you're like, all he does is play video games all day long, all night long. No, but see, when, when Gen Z finds community, they get this motivation inside of them. It's like un unlike anything we've ever seen before. When Gen Z begins to find a, a, a people that will back them, when they find an interest that actually fuels them, it births something so deep inside of them that they don't know anything else but to continue on that path. So right now, Gen Z is, is, is desperate for change. They're the ones that are leading most of these protests. They're the ones that are, that are out there trying to bring social reform. They're the ones that are, that are just singing, singing. If anyone would hear the cry of their desperation. But what also Gen Z is leading in, and this is what my wife and I and our life team often sees, is they have the highest rates of suicide. This is the generation that, that this is the second, suicide is the second leading cause of death for most of Gen Z. Why? There's so much on this generation. The, this generation also leads in drug overdoses. This generation also leads for me, which is a hard pill to swallow. It's being the most faithless generation that the world has ever seen. Generations prior, like I grew up, you were forced to be in church. But this generation now will straight up tell you, no, <laughs> they don't care. And you're like, I know. He don't even want to watch right now. <laughs> Seven out of 10, these are, are, are statistics, statistics gathered from across the nation, across the world. Seven out of 10 never share their faith. 25% say they, they will attend weekly service. So only 25% of Gen Z will attend weekly services. 45% say that they've never been to a church of any kind. And 46% say that church is completely irrelevant to them. These are the highest statistics today that we have of a generation that has ever wanted, that has never wanted anything to do with God. They've never wanted anything to do with faith. The groanings and the cries of a generation look so far different. This, this generation's groans and their cries don't look like what they used to of saying, hey, we just want a good job so I can take care of my family. I just want a good job so I can, you know, build wealth in my life. But the generation cry that we're seeing today is a cry in depression, is a cry in anxiety, is a cry and a desperate plea for them to be noticed. So I want to give context in the next verse that we're about to jump into because this one, 
God led me to this passage that really in this pandemic helped shift my mentality on God. Why do we face these hardships? We're going to read Judges chapter 2. Again, I want to shift our focus here to this passage, and then we're going to tie in Romans 8 to this passage here. Judges chapter 2, but let me give context first about what's taking place here. So we're introduced to a man named Joshua. And Joshua was the successor of Moses. And if you don't know who Moses is, Moses was the one uh, who led God's nation Israel out of Exodus. They, they were the Exodus out of Egypt. This was God's chosen people that Moses led through. He led them through, performed miracles, the Red Sea departing. Uh, manna coming from heaven and feeding them. And there was great things that Moses did, but Moses was human just like the rest of us and, and, and died right before he entered to the promised land. So Joshua then comes and, and, and Moses calls Joshua and says, Joshua, you're going to be the one who leads uh, the nation of Israel into their promised land. And the first verses we get in jo Joshua chapter one, and a lot of you like them because it's in your, 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 you know, your, your home office desk now. Be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you. This is where we get and pick up in Joshua now. Joshua now is leading this nation into their promised land. But now we're in, in, in the book of Judges. Joshua's timeline is coming to an end here. And it reads like this. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at timnath Heres in the hill country of Ephraim, North of Mount Gash. You just got to, when you read an Old Testament, little Bible college plug here, just add a little, like you're getting a good piece of, it'll sound the words out right. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up. This is what gets me. And this is the cry that I'm, that I'm, that I'm trying to, to get us to see today. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. Uh, I know this is a heavy passage, but I, but I come today to, to, to just shake us up a little bit. That there is a generation out there who does not know who God is because they've never been told about what he's done in your family line. There's a generation out there that is desperate to bring change, but they don't know that true change comes by having Christ in their heart first. See, through, the, through this pandemic, as I mentioned, I, I, I noticed that things beginning to surface in me, but I couldn't really figure out what was going on. I had to get this revelation that I'm not just fighting for me and my wife anymore, but I'm figuring out and I'm beginning to fight for generations previous present, and current. Here's what I really came to tell us today. So you're not just in the fight for yourself. You're not just going through the fire or in these hardships just for you. You're in these and facing these hardships because there's a generation that needs you. You're in and you're facing these turmoils. You're in this fire with us and, and this thing uh, 2020 has us in because there are difficulties that is not just for you anymore, but you're in the fire because there's a generation that needs you. Mom and dad, your children need you. Please hear my heart behind this. They need you. They need to know that marriages can still be blessed. They need to know that marriages can still happen. They need to know that family households can still be united. Oh, married and, you know, we don't have kids. My wife and I, we don't have kids yet. We're believing God for our children. 
But I had to get this understanding that the fight for our children doesn't start when we have them. I'm going to set some people free today. I'm telling you, those of you who are married who don't have kids yet, your fight for your children has already started. Why do you think you're facing the hardships that you are? Oh, no, no, I'm just, you know, going through it. No, you're not. No, you know, my, my marriage is just facing some things and, you know, my kids. Is, no, you're not. This is what I'm trying to bring to our, our awareness today. The fight has already started. Oh, but I'm single, so like, I don't got to really worry about those things, right? <laughs> this is why it's even more important for you to gain an understanding of who you really are. Because you won't just jump into another relationship. He told me I was a woman of God. Fell for it. Okay. But when you get to know who you really are, you begin to fight for the legacy that God says that's in you. Oh, but, 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 but no one in my family is a believer, Pastor Tom. Good. Welcome to being the one that breaks generational strongholds in your family lineage. Oh, but I'm too young. I, I, I'm only in junior high. I'm only in high school. I'm only a college student. Good. Thank God that you can get a head start. Now let's go bring all your friends and introduce them to Jesus. Come on, someone say that God is revealing. Come on, God is revealing. What keeps us going through this in the hard times? Because I know there's times where I want to give up. There's times where you may be saying, I'm, I'm ready to, to throw the towel in. I'm ready to walk away from my marriage. I'm ready to just lay it all down. And you know what? We're facing too much hardships and, and I can't do this. Maybe I would be better off with something or someone else. What keeps us going? Point number two. My God, I hope this fills your faith today. The reason I'm staying in the fire in this season is so that the next generation doesn't have to fight my battle. I'm going to say it again till you fill it over the screens. The reason I'm staying in this fire in this season is so that the next generation doesn't have to fight my battles any longer. Who passed you a battle that they didn't overcome? Who handed you warfare that you didn't think you deserved? Who gave you this fight? Because they were unable to defeat it. I came to tell someone today that God says stay in the fire because there's a generation behind you. Stay in the fight because there is a present suffering that my gosh, you won't be able to compare to the glory that's ahead of you. But Pastor Tom, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. All we do is argue then invite the comforter in. Invite the great counselor in. Invite his presence into your marriage. Seek the healing that you need. Schedule that counseling session. Oh, but it's via Zoom and I want to, you know, I'm more like an authentic person. What other excuses do we have to make? There are certain things that God wants to bring up in this season. You, you, you may be like, well, I just have a fear that I'm missing out on, you know, all these protests and, and all these things and they're super important, but why not have a fear that you can miss out on what God wants to do in your home in this season? That God, I, I, I'm just, a, I don't want to have fear, God, that I miss everything that you want to do in my life in this season, but instead I'll settle for having a fear because that's what the enemy wants to distract me on. No, no. 
God can begin to develop you in this season. Come on, He didn't put you in this fire to fail you. He put you in this fire to develop you. For those of you who were knocked down by 2020, I came today to tell you to get back up. For those of you who fell into sin, I came today to tell you, come on, there's grace, get back in the fight. For those of you who were about to throw in the towel and say, that's it, I'm done with my marriage, I'm done with my kids, I'm just gonna go, I'm going, I'm gone. I came to tell you and throw the towel right back at you, tell you, wipe your sweat and get back in the fight. For those of you who you forgot your why, I came to remind you of your why. Come on, let's keep focused on the generations that, to, that are to come. Pastor Tom, it's too hard. I know, I'm right there in this fight with you. We're in this fight with you. But I feel like, I feel like failing. I feel like I, I just, I've blown it all. Paul says that there are certain things in 2020 that are waiting for you. They're waiting for you to be developed into who God has created you. So who are you? I'm a nobody. I come from nothing. Good. Because God and His Word says that He'll use the foolish to confound the wise. That He'll use the things that were broken, tore up, messed up from the floor, had nothing, no respect, came from the, the poorest places, came from nothing, and he'll use them to confound what people thought had it all put together. Can I tell you, what this world needs is not more posts on social media, it's not more posts about and intaking all of what, God, what people are saying about the world right now. Well, there's this case and there's that case. There's this news and this fake-demic and there's this and there's that. What the world needs right now is more of Jesus. It needs believers to know that, you know what, I'm in this fight and God is developing me. That what I'm facing right now in 2020 is developing me for who God needs me to be in 2021. I came today to shake you up a little bit and tell you and look you in your eyes. Believer, there's more inside of you. Come on, get back up. We don't need no more information. We don't need no more news. We need more Jesus. We're gonna sing this song out in a, in a little bit. And here's what I need you to do. If you're in a watch party, I need you to get up. And I need you to just say, God, I just want more of you. If you're at home and you're by yourselves, maybe you just need to fall to your knees and you just say, God, I'm done. I thought these hardships were out to get me. I thought all the suffering that I was facing was because you turned your back on me. Oh, but you sent your son because there was a creation that was groaning and that was me. I was groaning for safe, to be saved. I was groaning because I was in pain. I was groaning because I needed to be healed. And he came and he, and he saved you. This is what we need. We need a generation that knows the fight I'm in is because my children need to know that they can overcome giants as well. The fight that I'm in is because my children need to know that marriages don't just run from things, they run to things and they defeat them together. I need this generation to see parents who could be on their knees praying. This generation needs to see that it's not just about words and warfare, it's spiritual warfare in the spiritual realm too. I'm wondering if there's anyone online today that is willing to say, you know what? I don't need more of this stuff. 
I don't need more of, 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 of what the world is saying. No, no, I came because I need more of what God has to say. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.